If we all procrastinate, why do we procrastinate? Even when we know that's what we're doing, sometimes it's still a challenge to stop procrastinating. In one of my local coffee shops that I love to go to, they have a sign up that says, I have not yet begun to procrastinate. Funny thing, the first time I noticed that sign, I had to control my laughter. I had just put everything in my home office on pause so I could run up to the soda shop to order my coveted cup of brew topped with whipped cream and in mocha flavor or what most people just call chocolate. Did I need to leave my house to grab coffee? Nope, nada, no way. My mother got me a lovely coffee maker a few years back for Christmas, and it makes lovely coffee, espresso, and even has a little mini whisk topper. So I could have spent my five minutes at home making my own little version of mocha versus the 30 or so minutes that it took me to drive up, order my coffee, and chat with all the lovely friends that I have up there to talk to. Classic Heather Procrastination. Are your big dreams sitting on the shelf collecting dust? Do you second guess yourself or question how you would handle it if you tried and it didn't work out? Listen, what is the cost of not going for it? Welcome to the Crazy Confidence Coach Podcast. My name is Heather Edwards. I'm a master certified life coach. If you've been looking for a blueprint for how to stop being a paralyzed perfectionist, this is for you. I'll share how to uncover what is keeping you from doing what you really want to do bridging the gap between who you are and who you want to be. We will tackle how to use mind management to get rid of negative thinking, procrastination, and anxiety. Along the way, I'll sprinkle in a little inspiration to keep you motivated. One thing is for sure, you will come away more confident and ready to do whatever you put your mind to. Let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome back. This is episode nine why you procrastinate, and six quick and easy ways to help yourself get more done. So what is procrastination and why do we do it? To procrastinate, you must be aware of the task and avoid doing it, knowing that what we are avoiding is not that great of a thing to do. Sometimes it's downright detrimental to our relationships, our emotional and physical well-being, And it can even cause issues with our jobs or source of income. By procrastinating, we delay the completion of a task. And most often, this has some sort of negative consequence. So at the very least, our thoughts regarding our procrastinating and the behavior can cause additional stress, anxiety, and it can kill your confidence. Ironically, this is exacerbated by our procrastination. In some cases, it becomes cyclical. Procrastination is a decision not to act. So you might ask yourself, does everyone procrastinate? I've never met a single person who doesn't procrastinate in some way. If you happen to be that person and you never procrastinate or delay completing tasks on purpose, please reach out to me. I would love to hear your secret. I'm sure my listeners would love to hear it as well. According to leading researcher in the study of procrastination, Dr. Joseph Ferrari, 100% of the population delays tasks, but 20% of individuals are chronic procrastinators, where procrastination is just a way of life. So if we all procrastinate, why do we procrastinate? Even when we know 
that's what we're doing, sometimes it's still a challenge to stop procrastinating. In one of my local coffee shops that I love to go to, they have a sign up that says, I have not yet begun to procrastinate. Funny thing, the first time I noticed that sign, I had to control my laughter. I had just put everything in my home office on pause so I could run up to the soda shop to order my coveted cup of brew topped with whipped cream and in mocha flavor or what most people just call chocolate. Did I need to leave my house to grab coffee? Nope, nada, no way. My mother got me a lovely coffee maker a few years back for Christmas, and it makes lovely coffee, espresso, and even has a little mini whisk topper. So I could have spent my five minutes at home making my own little version of mocha versus the 30 or so minutes that it took me to drive up, order my coffee, and chat with all the lovely friends that I have up there to talk to. Classic Heather procrastination. My brain will tell me I need coffee. The biggest question is why did my brain prefer to go to get coffee rather than do the task that was in front of me? For me, I mostly procrastinate when I'm faced with something that makes me uncomfortable or it's overwhelming. I'm going to go through a few reasons why people procrastinate while I'm doing this. Consider in which ways you procrastinate. What are your whys? It's really important that you understand your why. Once you understand your why, you're able to create a plan and use the six steps I'm going to give you later on, on how to help you stop procrastinating and get more done. The number one reason for procrastination is perfectionism. This is so my gig. Ironically, I'm not perfect at anything, but my brain wants everything to be perfect. One way this expresses itself for me is by over-researching rather than doing task. I've kind of learned this about myself and do a much better job now at managing my mind and my actions when I have the urge to over-research. Even when my brain wants to tell me I don't know enough to do something, I will give myself a time limit or a date limit and commit to starting with whatever data I have been able to research in that little bit of a time frame. The reality is you learn so much by doing. All the research in the world doesn't give you an edge if you don't ever complete the task, even if that's what my brain wants to tell me. Number two, lack of confidence. This is a big procrastination trigger as well. Often when we don't feel confident, we can do something, we just avoid it altogether. I was actually just having a conversation with a friend who joined a new spin class for the year. He was talking about how intimidating it is to be the low leader on the board at the end of the class. The first few visits were so hard, but now he's gone five or six times and he's kind of gaining strength and he's also gaining spots on the leaderboard. So he's enjoying the class a lot more. We talked about how difficult it is to get yourself to go when you don't feel confident in your abilities in the beginning. The struggle is real. It is so real when you don't feel confident. Third, the inability to manage emotion around a task. What do I mean by that? When you have a task to do that you are uncomfortable doing or you don't find pleasure doing it, often you're going to avoid it. When you feel the feels like frustration, anxiety, disappointment, Even though it's the task that your brain wants to blame, it's actually your avoidance of the feeling. The truth is you are avoiding that feeling you will feel while doing the task. 
For example, if you have to get your teeth cleaned and you have anxiety around being at the dentist office, you might procrastinate setting the appointment so your feeling of anxiety can be avoided. Learn to recognize when you're avoiding a feeling because it's a fantastic quick way to start getting better at not procrastinating. Number five, task avoidance. There are times that you just don't like the task itself, therefore you avoid it. Think about the task of taking out the trash. It takes very little time, usually not that much effort, but most people simply don't enjoy the task of taking out the trash. Rather than just getting the task done, in this case, taking out the trash, some people will procrastinate it just to avoid doing the unpleasant thing they would prefer not to do. Ironically, the prolonged feeling of dread that most people feel while avoiding taking out the trash is much worse than just taking the time to take out the trash. Another reason we procrastinate is the lack of understanding or knowledge about a project. This one I'm super guilty of as well. For instance, I am not a techie girl. For the most part, I just barely get by when it comes to tech. For my job, I work with so much tech from podcast tools like microphones, recording apps, and editing software to my calendar links for appointment setting and Zoom and payment software. All of this stuff has to happen with my clients. So when something isn't working, it's fascinating to watch my brain because my brain wants to have the biggest tantrum on earth. In my mind, the world is ending. I cannot do my job. I'm never going to fix it. And so much drama will ensue over one simple tech glitch. But with practice and coaching, I've learned to recognize my brain's stealth takeover when it comes to tech. It takes less and less time to calm myself down now these days because I'm getting better at tech, number one, but also I'm getting better at doing a good job managing my mind around tech. It's important to recognize that when you don't understand how to do something, oftentimes it can just be a trigger for procrastination. Next, we'll talk about something that seems obvious, but lack of rest as a trigger for procrastination, being really tired or simply not having enough physical or mental rest can definitely make you not feel up to doing a task. Although this seems pretty obvious, if you're up all night and then have a project to work on the next day, it usually isn't going to go well. If you're mentally fatigued because you've just have too much on your plate, It is super easy to procrastinate on tasks that in other situations you wouldn't procrastinate on. Then lastly, we'll talk about something that is a really big deal and is often overlooked when it comes to procrastinating, depression or anxiety. These are really debilitating at times and can be very serious, but they are triggers for procrastination. Several years ago, when I had severe anxiety and often felt very depressed after our miscarriages, there were just several years I didn't feel like doing much at all. A simple task like taking a shower, getting out of bed during that time were monumental. I procrastinated just about everything. Everyday tasks just didn't happen easily. Thankfully, I have a husband that was patient and held my hand through that time, but I also got help. I ended up visiting a therapist and then 
ultimately, once I was out of therapy, I actually found a coach and participated in coaching for several years myself prior to becoming a life coach. That was actually what drew me to life coaching because it was so helpful for me to get back on track. If you're suffering for depression or anxiety, please take time to find some help. With or without help, depression and anxiety can be very overwhelming and life-altering. It isn't something to do alone. So at the very, very least, find someone that you love that will be supportive for you during that time. And if this is you, find compassion for yourself and recognize that you may not currently have the capacity to focus on procrastination at this time. It may just be a time of your life where you need to take time and focus some of your energy on taking care of yourself. Okay. For all of you, please know that this list is just not exhaustive. There are so many reasons we procrastinate. It's important that you get intimate with yourself and figure out why you procrastinate. Once you figure that out, you can create a plan to help yourself stop procrastinating. Did you happen to recognize in yourself any of the ways I listed people procrastinated? If so, write it down because you'll want to think about it and look at it later. So now that we've explored the whys, let's look at five quick ways to help you stop procrastinating and start getting things done. Number one, recognize the truth about procrastination. I talk a lot about truth because I think truth is important and we live in a lot of untruth. That's just something I coach on a lot. People have things that they say to themselves about themselves that simply aren't true. We make statements all day long about ourselves and others that simply aren't true. It's just the way we are as beings. But as you become more aware of the words and how they impact your life, you understand how important it is to be in truth. In this particular case, procrastination is absolutely impacted by truth. Procrastination is a form of self-harm. And what do I mean by that? The immediate impact of procrastination is dealing with consequences of not doing what you need to do. There's always more than one consequence. Hear me out. You have the impact of what your brain tells you about yourself, which impacts how you're showing up in general, and it impacts your confidence. Then you have the actual task that isn't getting completed. And thirdly, you have what impact that task has on your overall task load. So by not doing something now that you're supposed to do impacts tomorrow what you're supposed to do tomorrow as well. Because at some point, you've got to complete the task, right? That means something else is not getting done when you finally get to go do that task that you should be doing then. Procrastination ultimately has this ripple effect on your life and what you do or don't accomplish. Number two, understand and pre-plan your whys. All the things that I talked about earlier, the reasons that we procrastinate, understand what reasons you procrastinate and plan for them. When you identify a task that you are procrastinating, use your plan. Acknowledge the why and break through the why with a plan. Have that plan in place ahead of time, y'all, ahead of time. Understand the triggers and then use your plan. For me, overwhelming tasks that are too big stop me in my tracks. Literally, stop me in my tracks. My brain wants to go find coffee or just completely do something else and I avoid and procrastinate. So my plan, for example, 
I break a big task into smaller pieces and complete one smaller task at a time. What I've learned is that checking off the box when I complete a smaller task helps me stay motivated. Here's what I've also learned is that studies show checking off that box increased dopamine in your brain. So completing a task is actually a motivational hit for real. It's hormone and dopamine. So dopamine is the feel-good hormone and a neurotransmitter that helps us feel pleasure and plays a role in a reward-motivated behavior way. This release of dopamine not only makes you feel good, but it also motivates you to continue completing tasks and it kind of extends that pleasant feeling. Dopamine causes feelings of happiness, pleasure, and motivation. When you're struggling, break your tasks down into manageable, smaller pieces, complete those tasks, check off the box, and you're literally going to give yourself a hit of dopamine. You can create a plan to use this when you recognize yourself procrastinating. If you recognize your why is you procrastinate when you don't have knowledge, it looks different. Your plan will be different. Like I mentioned before, now when I have a issue with procrastinating because I don't have knowledge around something, I use a time limit or a day limit, the number of days I'm allowed to research something, depending on how large of a topic that I'm trying to gain knowledge around. I just have a plan around my whys so I'm not stuck when I find myself experiencing myself procrastinating because of a certain why. Number three. You can build in rewards for task success. You will already have the dopamine hit here for small tasks. You have something already working in your favor. But to make it even more fun, create rewards that you look forward to for things that you accomplish. Grab a cup of coffee or take a walk outside. Some people actually use a time method of doing a task for a specific amount of time, say 20 minutes to an hour, They put toward the task and then they take a break, five minutes to 15 minutes. That's their reward. This gives your brain time to relax and concentrate on the task at hand, knowing a break is coming. I've also heard of people rewarding themselves for each page of written material for a book that they're reading. You can apply this method to literally endless tasks. Figure out a way to reward yourself that feels good to you for the task. Number four. Pick an ideal location to work on your task and or create an environment that is good for the task. This looks different for different tasks, so it just needs to be appropriate for the task at hand. Here are some quick ideas for changing your environment. Opening windows for more light, or I say opening windows or opening the drapes. Closing windows for less light or closing drapes for less light, turning on music, or putting on a movie. You'll never guess that I use the movie Transformers to clean or organize my home. No joke. There are just about five or six scenes in the movie that I really love. So I'll put the movie on, and then I get to cleaning or organizing, and I take a short break to watch just the scenes that I really, really love. It works so well for me that my husband will literally set it up for me watching the movie when he knows I'm procrastinating cleaning the house. He knows it motivates me. Here are some other ideas. If you need to go quietly, like work quietly, you can go to your local library. You can work in a coffee shop. Maybe this works well for you. Sometimes it works well for me and sometimes it doesn't. It depends on the task I'm working on. Be creative 
be authentic. It's about you and what works for you. What factors play into you being more prone to completing a task? If you want to work out more, maybe you buy a cute outfit. Maybe you buy a new workout tool. Take a moment to get intimate with what works for you and what feels good to you. If you feel stuck, ask your friends and family what motivates them. Maybe that will help you find something that works for you. Number five, find an accountability partner or better yet, find a partner in crime as I like to call it. You can use an accountability partner where you meet or agree to talk on a regular basis and quote unquote, report on your accomplishments for that time frame. For some people, they get a ton done the day before or a couple days before they meet with an accountability partner, even if they have procrastinated, because now they have a deadline for reporting their progress to a person. One other way to do it is to find someone to work with, maybe do a work pod with, where you both bring your individual work and you sit together, but you work on your own task and you have a certain amount of time, you're agreeing to sit with a group and work, it just keeps you accountable. One other way to do something similar, if your work overlaps or is the same, is to tag team your work. You help one another by trading off. I used to do this with a friend of mine with housework. We would spend one hour cleaning her house, one hour cleaning my house, and then we would go out and have coffee or have lunch. It was fun. It was rewarding. And we got things done. And it just made cleaning (laughs) kind of a, a something to look forward to. Number six, practice managing your mind around procrastination and task success. Here's the deal. I spent a lot of time talking about your brain and your mind and managing your mind. Notice what your brain is telling you when you are good at doing what you need to do and what it's telling you when you're not doing the task that you're supposed to do. What does your self-talk include? Are you self-deprecating? Are you being mean? Are you hard on yourself? Or do you find compassion when you have a reason that's solid and it helps you move on to the task later? If not, take time with yourself and get intimate with your self-talk. Your self-talk alone could be one of the reasons you're procrastinating more often. If so, you may need to work on those thoughts by pulling them apart and figure out what is true and what is faulty logic. I spend a lot of time talking about truth as well. You may just need to find a friend or a coach to help you reprogram your thoughts and help you identify sneaky thoughts you aren't aware of and help you reframe them. If you have a pattern of behavior that you just can't seem to break, I can tell you from the work I've done myself and the work I do with my clients, there is often a thought or an underlying belief that is preventing you from moving forward. Okay, we've talked about what procrastination is, we've talked about why we procrastinate, and we've discussed six ways to help you get past procrastinating and get more done. Quick review. One, recognize the truth about procrastination. Number two, pre-plan your why. When you identify the task that you're procrastinating, use your plan. Number three, build in rewards for your task success. When it's completed, give yourself a reward. Number four, pick an ideal location to work on your task and or create an environment that is better for the task. Number five, find an accountability partner or better yet, find a partner in crime. Number six, practice managing your mind around procrastination and your task success. 
I hope you found a few great tips for your procrastination journey. If you're ready to let go of procrastination and get things done quicker, I'm here to help. Thank you for joining me today at the Crazy Confidence Coach Podcast. If you learned anything and enjoyed the podcast, please, please, please share with your friends and your family. Take a moment to click on the free dots, go to show and leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. By leaving a review, you help people just like you find the Crazy Confidence Coach Podcast. If you know you're ready for one-on-one coaching, go to thecrazyconfidencecoach.com, create a profile, and you can sign up immediately and schedule an appointment. I hope to see you next week. Love you big.